Good morning. The scripture reading this morning is from Luke 1, 57 through 80. When the time came for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a boy. Her neighbors and relatives celebrated with her because they'd heard that the Lord had shown her great mercy. On the eighth day, it came time to circumcise the child. They wanted to name him Zachariah because that was his father's name. But his mother replied, no, his name is John. They said to her, none of your relatives here have that name. Then they began gesturing to his father to see what he wanted to call him. Asking for a tablet, he surprised everyone by writing, his name is John. At that moment, Zechariah was able to speak again, and he began praising God. All their neighbors were filled with awe, and everyone thought throughout the Judea highlands, talked about what had happened. All who had heard about this considered it carefully. They said, what then will this child be? Indeed, the Lord's power was with him. Zechariah's prophecy. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Bless the Lord God of Israel, because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in his servant David's house. Just as he said through the mouths of his holy prophets long ago, he has brought salvation from our enemies and from the power of all those who hate us. He has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors, and remembered his holy covenant, his solemn pledge to make our ancestors Abraham. He has granted that we would be rescued from the power of our enemies so that we could serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness in God's eyes for as long as we live. You, child, will be called a prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way. You will tell his people how to be saved through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's deep compassion, the dawn from heaven will break upon us to give light to those who are sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide us on the path of peace. The child grew up, became strong in character. He was in the wilderness until he began his public ministry to Israel. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Would you pray with me? Oh God, these words ring true now, just as they did thousands of years ago. We still long to see your peace break through, to experience your love, to see a world defined by your justice. And so may the words of my mouth, the meditation of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, you who are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
If you haven't seen or um, haven't seen in a while the movie Up, I recommend you watch it again soon. I put a clip of it in this morning's email and uh, Chris and I sat down and watched it again last night and laughed through it. It's the story of Carl, a grumpy old man, but he wasn't always grumpy. His wife, who he had lived a life with and dreamed of an adventure in South America with, had died. And when she died, his life began to get very small and things began to change around him and he began to hold more tightly to the things that, that were important to him that he thought kept, kept him connected to his wife, like their house and, you know, his routines and their possessions. And so when at last that holding tightly led him to knock someone down and, and have to be put into a home, the morning that the guys came to take him to this retirement home, he attaches thousands of helium balloons to his little house and they opens it up and they pop up and he takes off over the city on a journey to South America. And just as he's sitting back in his chair and is ready to enjoy the ride, he hears this knock on the door. Here's another knock on the door and he goes and there's Russell, the boy scout paralyzed against the wall next to the door saying, Mr. Fredrickson, will you let me in? So Russell goes on an adventure with Carl and they land in South America. And of course they have their journey and is a process by which Carl begins to slowly let go of those things that he is holding so tightly onto and learns to love learns to love Russell, learns to love the dog Doug that joins them and shifts and realizes what he really once wanted to hold on to was this life of love that he had with his wife, Ellie. There's an irony to this movie and to the, the title of the sermon today, Laying the Foundations, where it's actually by pulling a house completely off its foundation that Carl finds his foundation in love. And we see him transform from a, a grumpy old guy to an ancestor, someone who is blessing and in that blessing, finding joy and meaning. I think Carl has a lot in common with Zechariah, whose prayer that uh, we just read and whose story we heard told. Zechariah was a priest. He had a pretty dutiful life. He and his wife, Elizabeth, were old, too old, they thought, to have children. And so he was in the temple one day and he was doing his duties when an angel appeared to him and said, do not fear, your wife will bear a child. And it was his own doubt, his little bit of grumpiness that made him mute for the next nine months of the pregnancy, not able to speak at all. And it wasn't until that moment when it was time to name the baby and he wrote on the tablet saying, his name is John. The moment that he broke a pattern of naming a child after their father or their father's father, this name, John, was a sign of Zechariah's hope, a sign of his shift. It was a blessing that promised something new was coming. 
Zechariah says the name and the author, um, in the words of one biblical scholar, breaks time. You know, in a mo movie, when you're watching the story and all of a sudden the, can't, the, um, the actor looks at the camera and breaks that moment. That's what happens in this moment when Zechariah breaks time and has this prayer that explodes out of him, the first words that he speaks in nine months. And he declares that God not only loves us, but looks favorably upon us. God actually also likes us. There is hope. A savior is coming. What we waited for is around the corner. And then he blesses his own child, his son. He sees all of the potential in this new life. He believes what God has promised for his son, that in this child's life, people will know that they are forgiven and that they will experience the light of God. It's a beautiful transformation to see Zechariah go from one who doubts to one who blesses. From one bound by duty, one day like the other, to one who sees fresh hope and possibilities and wants to participate in the future. This prayer is called the Benedictus. It's prayed by many Christian traditions every single day. Benedictus means blessing. And Zechariah's transformation to become one who blesses has sustained people of faith for over 2,000 years. I wonder what the potential of your blessing is. Who in your life needs to be seen and heard? Who in your life needs to be loved? Who needs to be called from darkness into light? Who needs someone to just simply hold hope for them when they can't hold it for themselves? Each of us has the power to bless. It's one of our greatest powers, I think, as human beings, as children of God. But blessing each other means that we have to let go of something, usually. It usually costs us. For Carl Fredrickson, he had to let go of things that he cherished in order to bless. In order to save his companion, Russell, and the dog, Doug, he had to release his grip on his expectations. He eventually had to lose his house. The things that he thought were most important to him, he had to let go in order to discover this life of blessing. Zechariah had to let go of a name and the limits of what was possible for him in old age. He lost his sense of security even as he received the joy of a new son. A son who he blessed, the son who he blessed would not have an easy path in this world and would eventually meet a violent death at the hands of a king. However, both these men found a deeper joy in their blessing. So what do you need to let go of in order to bless? Pride, possessions, vulnerability, time. I encourage you this week and in the weeks to come to, to just take that extra moment to see and name another. When I thought about blessing and the power that it's had in my life, I realized that my entire life has changed courses multiple times because of the blessing that someone offered me. The moment that I had an invitation to move to Europe in my early 20s, I changed my entire 
major and I shifted my focus to go and work there. When I went to grad school, it was the naming of someone saying, you know, it's, it's unusual for someone to think this much about theology. Maybe you should think about a graduate degree. When I got, decided to shift from a master's to a master's of divinity, it was someone calling me out and saying, I think you would be a great pastor. And again, when someone encouraged me saying, again, that they saw in me this space that people felt safe, it shifted my focus from becoming a pastor, from being a professor to being a pastor. When I took my job in Oregon, it was because someone saw me and reached out. When I took this job, it's because someone said, hey, there's this church in California. I think you might want to look at it. Each one of these moments in my life, these pivotal moments, have were fueled and made possible by the very specific blessing of another person, by someone taking the time to see and speak what they saw. That's what blessing can be. I didn't know Carrie was going to be in the service today, but <laughs> so I didn't give you pre-warning. But from Carrie, I have learned so much about blessing in a very specific way. She works with the Virtues Project that takes specific virtues, and you can never get a blessing or an affirmation for, from Carrie that's like, hey, you did a great job. You know, from Carrie, it's always, I recognize your persistence. I noticed your kindness. I saw your affirmation, whatever, however it comes to you, it's always so specific and it, and it changes how you see yourself, how you carry yourself the rest of the day. It's something that I've been trying to practice more and more. So thank you. Our world is in deep need of blessing. We've all been pretty hunkered down the last two years. And so I challenge you to make blessing an intention this season as you're seeing people, as you're writing cards, as you're making phone calls, sending emails and texts, it can make all the difference. And it lays the foundation for a world that is beyond our lifetime, that is resilient and is flourishing. And most importantly, a world in which Christ's love continues to show. May it be so. Amen.